What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. Alright, let's get to it. Episode number 31. Sean, if you don't find more time within the next few weeks, I'm going to kick you in the vagina, just like Maria Canal is going to kick Mike in the vagina. I got a surprise for you. Uh, <laughs> episode 31. Well, I am moving in two weeks, so I got, I got a big surprise for you. Um, episode 31 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. Your host. Thank you for alluding the obvious, CJ. We've had a few weeks off. Sorry about that, ladies and gents. We are back. Got a lot to recap this week. Uh, a lot of AEW breaking news that broke over the last couple of days. Disclaimer, if you hear me burping or hiccuping throughout this thing, I will try my best to keep my mouth away from the mic when that happens. I had a spicy burrito. and uh, So I got to go to Chipotle. No, you got to go to City Taco in Lenhurst. Oh, is that where you went? That's where I got my burrito from. They're the best. Where is City Taco? In it's Lenhurst? like right next to Willie's. Oh, okay. On Ridge Road, across the street from the Shell Station. Okay, never been. Got to give it a try. It's really good. Decently priced, too. Got to give it a try. Anyway. Anyway, a lot of AEW news that we need to break down over the last couple of days. The TV deal is official. They have their first TV date. We're going to talk about that. The The first first match match. has been announced. We'll discuss that. Um, We have asked our listeners to send in questions. We are going to respond to some of them later on in the show. We will touch on WWE. We'll we'll, uh, touch on Raw last night. We'll do a little preview of SmackDown tonight at the time of this recording. We are recording about an hour and a half before SmackDown Live takes place. We will touch on SmackDown. Yep, it is uh, currently 6.30 when yep, we're recording. We will touch on a few other things going on in the wrestling world. You know, the G1 is wrapping up in a couple of weeks. Oh, John baby. Moxley is undefeated. Okada is undefeated in the uh, in the G1, so we might have an interesting... I've been, catch- I've been catching up on some G1 matches. Might have an interesting final John on our Mo- hands. John Moxley is on an effing tear, man. Yeah. He's doing great. Yeah, you, can't you imagine how somebody could drop the ball with him? It's amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like he's... Dude's great in the ring, ton of charisma. I mean, it's not like they make him do any hokey. Oh, 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 wait. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Talk not, not is Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice transition. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that interview by now, you, I don't know what you're doing, but you should probably go like take a Like the listen. equivalent to the CM Punk interview. It's just... It's so good. Right. I love listening to that Talk is Jericho episode. Except it's a, it's a much different time, and people are starting to pay attention a little more. So this one might yeah. even be more important than the CM Punk one. Well, that could be a ways. debate. That could be a debate for another day. It could be, because uh, both were very similar and both had great points and all that and both yeah. were different mm-hmm. um 
and both had meaningful impact. But, but speaking of CM Punk. Yes, we'll, t- we'll discuss uh, the breaking news that uh, was announced with CM Punk last week. He will be at StarCast in Chicago. With a live uh, mic with a live being mic. interviewed. So we'll touch on that in a few minutes. But before we do that, AEW has announced officially their TNT deal every Wednesday night beginning October 2nd live. Wednesday night dynamite. Is that what they're calling it? Dynamite? I'm pretty sure it's trade, it's trademarked. So it is Wednesday nights beginning October 2nd live on TNT. AEW Wrestling will air their television programming. The CJ, first match first will match be Cody special. versus Sammy Guevara. Now, is that the first match announced, or do you think that's going to kick off the TV series? That's the first match announced, and I think that will be the first match. So you think they'll the kick TV. off? Yeah, they're definitely. I, they're definitely not going to open with a promo. It's going to be Sammy versus. Oh, excuse me, sorry. That's going to probably happen a lot uh, versus Cody. But yeah, I think you're just going to kick off saying like how big this is, how long we've been waiting for this, pretty much since AEW was announced officially uh, in New Year's uh, Day this year. Excuse me. Um, it's gonna happen a lot. I'm sorry. Um, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think it's a good match to start off with. Is Cody versus Sammy? Um, Sammy is a really he's really really athletic. He's also a fantastic heel. Some disconnect people may have with him is that, well, he's doing all these amazing athletic moves. People are cheering for him, and he's trying to be a heel. Yes, but I think as good as you are in the ring, you can still get over as a heel. Maybe people boo you. I mean, look at CM Punk. Look at Kevin Owens. Daniel Bryan's done it. I mean, Kevin Owens does a lot of surprising fast moves for a guy his size. And he still man he could still manage to make people hate him. Right, and we'll talk about Kevin Owens a little bit later. Yes, um, and Cody, I mean, you got to have one of the guy the guys from the elite start it off. Start it off, and I think it's a good match, and um, it's kind of a match that was uh, almost planted the seeds in an episode of Being the Elite number of months ago, where I love what they've done with Sammy Guevara in uh, Being the Elite, where he kind of. Just, um, you seem like this guy's a really nice guy. Everything's real, you know, real nice and everything. But then everybody's just like, man, something about that guy I don't like. He's a dick. Everybody says they don't like him. Like, SCU said they didn't like him, but they loved MJF. When MJF would fake being nice and then be an asshole for real. But what's funny is, is that it's actually transitioned to the point where Sammy Guevara is actually kind of a prick. Like, the one of the last... Excuse me. One of the last episodes of being the elite, he he shows these backhanded comments of Brandon Cutler, and then when Brandon Cutler is leaving and he hasn't left yet, Sammy's just like, "Man, what a nerd!" I think it's a really good job of how they've kind of played him up as a heel, yeah. almost out of nowhere. You know, and I kind of like this too, and I would like them to actually kick off. And I'm not saying that you know any of the four EVPs or any of the members of the elite are important than any one or the other, but when you think about the possible fallout of All Out, 
him and Page could or could not be the world champion. Either way, I think he'll be involved with a storyline with Chris Jericho going forward. I think they might be the top program on the on the show. Uh, you look at the Young Bucks that you know may get those AAA world titles back, and they're going to be in a transition to the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I think Kenny Omega is always going to be at the top of the show uh, when you think about it. So that leaves Cody, where his influence has been so big with getting AEW started. I think it is only fair that he does have the first match on the TV he's, series. He's the one who's really kind of had the vision for all this, and not to say that Kenny or the Bucks didn't have it either, or, 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 or Tony, but Cody... I remember listening to an interview we did with Jericho. I think it was him and the Bucks after Dominion of last year. They were talking about All In and how it came to be. And Cody just saw the energy from these Ring of Honor shows. And he's just like, we can do this on a bigger scale. He's like, I, excuse me. I think that if we could, we could fund this and we can do something. And why not? Because, like... There's there's something going on here. We need to capitalize on it. And he kind of saw what was going on and just so happened to be that Tony Khan, his big, huge wrestling fan, wanted to do something as well. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the bigger scale. What we failed to mention was the first AEW television taping is going to be taking place at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., an arena that the WWE runs every time they're it in town. It holds like 19,000 to 20,000 people. people. <laughs> they're most likely going to sell out. Um, so when you think about it, their first TV their first TV uh, show is going to sell out 20,000 people, most likely. Tickets actually go on sale this Friday. Yes. So we'll, we'll, this comes so we'll have that answer when it happens, and we'll see how fast they do or don't sell out. Uh, either way, though, you can expect, you know, about... If if you heard Some, that, I'm sorry. Either way, you can expect about eighteen to 19,000 people in the arena, which is a big deal for this company when you think about it. And, you know, I remember Jericho saying in an interview that they, he doesn't expect them to run huge arenas all the time. He expects them to run shows in arenas that'll make it look good on TV. So like, kind of like how Fight for the Fallen looked in the Daily's place. Yeah, but I think you, you should go big for your first show. You, yes, for the first show, it should be in a big place, in a big market. And if it's not New York or Philadelphia or San Francisco... Or Boston, D.C. would be your choice. A nice big arena setting. I mean, I think Raw's first TV taping was in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Was it was it in the Manhattan Center. Yes, and that's that's small compared to the arena. Right, it looks decent on TV, but yeah, but but like Jericho said, time. you know, you you pick arenas that look decent on TV. And I'm not saying AEW is going to run all their events in New York in the Manhattan Center or the Hammerstein Ballroom. They might run a few, but. They also have the capability to run the garden, and I'm sure they will very soon as well. Um, I, could, I could see, like, All Out or Double or Nothing happening at the garden next year. Right, but I could also see a TV taping also happening at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Like, they're not afraid to go big. They're not afraid to go small. Mm -hmm. uh, either way, I think the energy is going to stay the same as long as the product is up to par, and I think it will be at least for the first couple of years. Of course. I mean, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years of wrestling, especially AEW. Uh I mean, coming up in a month from now is all out. And so far, the card looking, see, I mean, Hangman and Jericho with the main event for the world title, uh, Moxley versus Omega, Cody versus Sean Spears, uh, the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. In a ladder match. match for the tag, for the AAA tag titles. Um, Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby. Excuse me. This is going to happen a lot, folks. Just get used to it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Darby Allen in a triple threat match. The Deathmatch Boys. They were the ones who faced MJF and Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara, and they lost. And um, 
there was a clip I think on Being the Elite where like Darby Allen's being interviewed and then Joey Janela comes in like what the hell is that and Jimmy Havoc comes in he's like what the hell is wrong with you two and they start beating the grab out of each other you know what I loved about that segment though how Joey Janela kept screaming oh and two oh and two yeah he's Reminding everyone wins and losses matter in AEW, so is, which I love. And Jimmy Havoc is 0-2 as well. Yeah. Darby I, Allen is now 0-1 and 1. Right. Because he's got the draw Because of the draw. But I love that they're saying, 0-2, oh, are you kidding me? 0-2. Oh, they're reminding everyone that wins and losses do matter in AEW, and I love that from them. Hangman Page recently spoke on Busted Open Radio. I didn't hear it, but I read up, excuse me, read up on it um, that... He doesn't necessarily think the wins and losses matter in a sense from the fans. Because if you think, he says, if you have support from the fans still, then wins and losses don't necessarily matter. But as far as your placement on the card, that's where it really does matter. Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, you think of a guy like MJF, who, or I'm sorry, a guy like Hangman Page who's been on a roll as of late. You know, he won the Casino Battle Royal. He's 3-0. Won at Fighter Fest, won at Fight for the Fall, and he's 3-0 going into his world title match against Chris Jericho. Jericho, of course, he only wrestled one match, but it was the number one contender match against Kenny Omega in the main event of Double or Nothing. Won that match. He's in the main event for the world title. You know, you look at, you know... That is a prime example of your placement on the card. You know, even though Hangman has had... You know, even though he won his place in the main event of All Out, you know, not saying he had to earn it to get there, but he's 3-0 and going into the main event of, you know, their biggest show to date, which True. and there's only been a few, but, you know, this could be, I'm, I'm not saying on a WrestleMania-like scale, but it's close to it. You're going to crown the first world champion. You have a ladder match for the AAA tag titles. You know, you, Cody versus Sean Spears is getting more and more personal as we speak. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a big show on a big stage. It's a big deal. I think that's what's really cool is that Cody and Spears have more of a story element. I think that's that's something I think if you're not really high on Cody Rhodes is that maybe he's not like an amazing wrestler like a Kenny Omega or an AJ Styles. But Cody is such a great storyteller. And he's great with, you know, his character work. And that's something that we say all the time is very lost. I mean, just, you look at Dustin and Cody... The match they put together, the story within the match, the emotion. They got a five-star match. From Meltzer, yeah. Cody yeah. and Dustin's first one ever. Um, and I think the story with Spears and Cody is there. It's for sure there. Now, I heard rumors many months ago, and I haven't heard really anything since, but I think it's worthy to bring up. There was a rumor that this match was going to take place under First Blood Rules. Your thoughts on that? Should they do it? Should they go with a gimmick? There's a lot of gimmicks on the card already. I don't what think, do you think. I don't think so. Um, the chair shot kind of brought up a lot of controversy to start. And Tony Khan even said after the show that the weekly TV tele, uh, television program would not be like that, as gruesome as like the chair shot was and the match that Moxley and Janela had. Um, I don't think it needs to happen. I think you can still have like a blood feud type of match without a gimmick match you can still have a match where guys can't stand each other and they can still beat the live, ever living crap out of each other um, Taker and I think Michaels did that Mania 26 their match was a rematch but it wasn't like no holds barred excuse me no holds barred but you know it was, it was streak versus career it was kind of like no holds barred kind of but there were no rules I think maybe there's some leeway There'll be some leeway from the referee. I don't think necessarily this needs a gimmick match because we've already got the ladder match. We've got 
I honestly think the most of the gimmick is going to go in the triple threat match with the with Allen, Havoc, and Janela because they they're they're famous for death matches. And it's a triple threat match, which means no disqualification. Yeah, so I think all the, all the big violent stuff is going to happen in that match. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit in Moxley and Omega. I was about to say, do you think that there could be you know like an extreme rules type stipulation in that match? I don't think so because I think. Or do you think it, they might do an ODQ or? I don't know. Um, I think it'll just be a straight-up match between Moxley and Omega because Omega is more known for these matches where he is, you know, very athletic and these flashy, like, amazing sequences. And Moxley is just a guy, not just a guy, but he's a guy who uh, is more vicious, more brutal, and it's a clash of styles. So I think it'd be really good. And I don't think you need necessarily need a, like, a hardcore stipulation or anything like that. I think you're already going to get it from the Bucks and and the Lucha Bros because you have a ladder, ladders in there. If you that that match is going to be insane. And oh yeah, and I think you're going to obviously get it from the triple threat match. So you don't need too much. You don't want to turn it into like an extreme rules pay per view match. Right. You, you want you want to keep your your stipulations to a limit. You you, you want to be yeah, careful with this. You want to give how big the show is already. You want to give a little bit of everything. Right. And you, and you, and that's and that's just it too. And it's like it's one of those things where it's like you really want to be careful with a type of show like this. How like Double or Nothing was because it's a big show. It's a big deal. You got a huge card. Mm-hmm. You know. Again, like I mentioned, you're going to crown the world champion that night. You know. You're going to you're going to have the ladder match. You know. You're going to have Cody versus Sean Spears, which is already a story in itself. If you watched uh, Road to All Out Episode 1, you already see what we're talking about. And if you haven't watched it, go check it out. You understand what He's we're talking totally about. He's got Tully Blanchard as his manager. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, Speaking of that, I wanted to bring that up. you think we have Dustin Rhodes at All Out in Cody's corner? Potentially. Um, I don't know. Uh, Dustin said he was going to like take a little... I don't think he's going to be booked for All Out, but he said he does want to pursue acting. Right, because so, I don't think we're going to have Brandy involved in this match. I really don't. I don't think so either. Um, but with Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard, I really see like a CM Punk-Paul Heyman dynamic. Yeah. Because Sean Spears can speak for himself. And Tully Blanchard can be a good mouthpiece for him. I think we, we can get that dynamic, and I'm very interested to see how it will play out. Um... But yeah, I mean, all out. I'm so excited for. It. Not that I'm not excited for like anything with Takeover or SummerSlam, but just I'm so, so excited for All Out, and I mm. cannot wait. Absolutely, and and like you said, you know, SummerSlam is shaping up to be a pretty decent show. Um, you know, whether you have, you have Kofi and Randy Orton, basically a match ten years in the making. Mm. You have the rematch between Rollins and Lesnar. Eh. Yeah. Um, we do have to talk about this though with AEW. It's obvious, but we had talked earlier that CM Punk is going to be the yes. headliner for Starcast. We asked a while ago, simple question on Twitter, um, TNAWB, um, will CM Punk show? Okay. Will CM Punk show up at All Out? Simple yes or no. It was split. It was just a split of yes and no. You know, you know what it is too, and I, and I know what you're gonna say, and, and and I'm kind of in agreement with you, but you know, you picture a story where it's like. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but could you imagine Jericho wins the world title, he's mocking the fans, the lights go out, and all of a sudden you hear, and a few moments that we have left, that roof will come off. It would. Regardless of what he does, the roof will come off, but I, excuse me, I think if Jericho wins the world title and if Punk shows up, that's going to be come off as too WWE light. You're going to be focusing on two guys who were in WWE who made their career... <laughs> Excuse me, careers in WWE, and poor Hangman's on the side there, and just like, what about him? Well, yes, but I also think that 
when, when it comes to a storyline like that, first of all, I agree with you for the fact that they just did that at Double or Nothing. So I understand your point on that. With Moxley. With Moxley. But, and we said this off air too, you know, which podcast, when, when it comes, or we actually we said this on the air, with, uh, with Punk and Cabana and then Moxley and Jericho, both podcasts were very different, but they both had similar stories, but they were both very different. But this would be Punk's return to wrestling, which I think is bigger than anything that we have ever seen, if it ever happens. It would be, because so, he's one of those guys who just still draws an interest of people coming back, whereas like people eventually got over uh, Austin, Austin coming back, or Hogan, or, or, or Rock to a certain degree. Um, people still clamor on for a Punk return. And personally, what I think, I don't think he'll show up at All Out. I would love for him to show up at All Out, but I've kind of said this to people where I am perfectly content if CM Punk never shows up to wrestling ever again, and that's huge for me to say because CM Punk was my favorite wrestler at some point. I own like seven or eight CM Punk shirts. You can ask anybody who knows me, and if you ask anybody what's his favorite wrestler, they'll probably say CM, CM Punk. Punk. They'll probably say CM Punk. Excuse I me. can confirm this fact. Yeah, Sean's seen me with many different CM Punk shirts over the years. But I think it's one of those things, too, where if he did show up, let's say Jericho did win the World Championship, I think that would be the best time to do it. And I understand we're kind of, you know, recycling content from Double or Nothing, and like you said, you don't want to focus on two former WWE guys, but I don't think it's necessarily we're, fo we're focusing on two WWE guys. I think we're focusing on something we've all been waiting for for five years, and it's the return of CM Punk. And that's the reason that I think our poll was split. So, you know, many people think he's not going to come back. Many people think he is. I thought at the time of the, the announcement that there is a chance because this is the closest we've gotten to this point. He's commented on it, Punk. He's commented on saying things like, uh, said something recently how, like, yeah, you know, I'll... I'll Say a few words here to Tony Khan, and then him and Cody will say I have a great relationship with Tony. He's like, no, like he's like, but well, I guess damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yeah, he also or, said it's like how it's like doing business over text isn't the greatest thing. And they're they're so open about it too. Mel Meltzer claims that this is 100% not a work, and then Punk is they they have no AEW have no plans to use CM Punk for anything. Um, and Cody has openly said on Twitter he's like, you know. We've sent feelers out there. There's never actually been an actual offer where him and I have texted and, <gasps> excuse me, uh, been on the phone, like when we haven't been able to actually talk on the phone. But he's a great dude, great wrestler. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to WWE. But overall, I wish the guy all the best is the gist of what the tweet he put out. Right. Now, CM Punk is never, ever going back to WWE. No, there's no ever, chance. Ever. There's no way he's ever I going back. I think Hell freeze over before that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way, uh, but I, damage is done. It's, it's it's far beyond. Bridge was burned. The blueprints to rebuild the bridge were burned. In the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, podcast is removed. Lawsuits, all that fun stuff. Yeah, he's never going back. No. But I I will say this again. When the Starcast announcement was announced, I did think to myself, this is the closest that we've gotten to a CM Punk wrestling return to date. What I think it is is that I think it's him being open to it. Right. I think it's him considering going back at some point. But you also got to remember All Out's in Chicago. It's his hometown. The chance of CM Punk will be going through the roof that night. Maybe, it, hopefully not, because the card is so good. But you should be expecting it. Of course people are going to expect it. 
I mean, you could say there's no better way to debut him if he wanted to join AEW. Yeah. There is one other way. First episode TV. You could do that. But, you know, when you think about that, maybe you, you debut him at All Out and you think of these names that you have going in the first TV taping. Chris Jericho, CM Punk, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Are you kidding me? Nobody's watching Raw or SmackDown that week. Forget it. And that's roster. the week they go to Fox. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. It's the same week? I think so. It's, oh, either wow. the, it's either the same week or the week before. Either way, nobody cares. AEW's debuting on TNT and you got CM Punk, Chris Jericho, Hangman pay you can't forget it. No way. Not watching WWE. Seth Rollins champion. Who cares? We got AEW to, to focus on. That's there, what they're going to be expecting. One fun thing I heard is that um, a fan tweeted Jericho because a lot of AEW wrestlers have been announced for his part two of the cruise, mm-hmm. and he says, "Is are the matches for the cruise going to be available on Bleacher Report live or Fight TV? Because it was available on Fight TV, but AEW's been showing these shows on Bleacher Report live." Chris Jericho just quotes a tweet and says, we're going to do something even better. One of the nights on the cruise is on a Wednesday night. They could be broadcasting AEW from Chris Jericho's cruise. That would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. Now, uh, the logistics of doing live TV overseas, or not overseas, but in the sea, is interesting. So if they don't get a live TV, I would expect them to tape an episode and air it the next week. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I would definitely, and I was even thinking that, like I would expect them to do an episode of the TV series on the cruise. Yeah. Which now, we're talking about something that would look phenomenal on TV. That is exactly what he's talking about. Doing an episode of AEW Wednesday night on a cruise. Live from a boat. Live from a boat in the middle of the sea. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> Take a good hard load. And I'm sure look that, at the and mother I'm flipping sure boat. that if yeah. anything he is close to or has already confirmed that that is going to happen, it just hasn't been announced yet. So, now, that, now again, you're talking about something that would look good on TV. That's as good as it gets. Well, WWE is going to have a real run for their money with creative. And I think they're really starting to do that now with last night's Raw. Yeah. Oh, my Ab- God. Absolutely. But you know Th- what? Before, this was clearly the most Heyman-influenced episode. Before we get into that, we did ask our fans to send oh, us in that some is questions. true. We do have a few. It's just a good transition from AEW to, uh, to WWE. We will get to WWE in a second. A phenomenal Raw last night. SmackDown to come tonight. A uh, lot to talk about from last week's SmackDown as well. But we did ask our fans to send in questions. So why don't you take this, CJ, just because you're the one that's going to play it. Okay. Well, um... Not sure if I should just kayfabe this guy or just say who it actually is. Just um, just this, give a first name. That's this it. this is from this is from uh, Ed the Vince Russo in pre, uh, okay <laughs> impersonator. So Ed wanted to talk about AEW. So Ed, go yeah, ahead. it's a very good question. Here we go. Hi guys, huge fan of the show, first time caller, long time listener. It's My question caller. to you is: Do you think AEW is going to make the same mistake TNA did? with hiring past the prime wrestlers. Nice Vince Russo impression, but a very good question. Uh, my it's, answer to it's that, a solid question. My answer to that is no for a lot of good reasons. Um, if you remember Generation Me, a.k.a. Matt and Nick Jackson, they were there when that all took place. Okada um, was there. Okada Marty was Skrull there. was there. Right. You know, Moxley was there for a solid five minutes when that was all taking place. They have all been there and have experienced this. And you know, you're also going to have heavy influence from Chris Jericho. You're going to have heavy influence from Jim Ross. Uh, you're going to have heavy influence from Billy Gunn, who was there at a time 
time in TNA. Um, TNA, if you remember, in 08 and 09, they were on a roll. They I were? Would, I wouldn't say they were, you know, going head-to-head with WWE, even though they were like, let's go to Monday nights, and that lasted about seven and a half weeks uh, when Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff got there. I think that's also why I, well, I agree with you with the thing that I don't think they're going to make that mistake. <gasps> Jesus, that's the worst one so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, that... You have people who were there at a certain point. Mm-hmm. The Bucks were there. Billy Gunn was there. They were all there when this happened. And they saw what what was wrong with what was going on in TNA. Right. So I think that the it's a good thing that their mo is we want to f- we don't want to compete with the WWE. We want to be an alternative. Yes. It's good to have that mindset. WWE won't treat you like you're an alternative. Like you're just like Ring of Honor, New Japan. No, they're gonna treat you like. Your competition, yes, because especially AEW, because they have the they have the checkbook to make it seem that way. That's what I mean. But you know, when you think about a TNA, and I remember Kurt Angle had an interview many years ago um, about why TNA failed against WWE. Kurt Jericho, Angle, right? I don't know if it was with Jericho or I, I read it somewhere, but Kurt Angle would t- tell Dixie Carter all the time, you know, he was very against them leaving the Impact Zone and going on the road for TV. He was always like. You're never gonna beat WWE. Don't try to compete with WWE. This was Jericho. So it had to be Jericho. So what is it? So what do they do? They try to compete with WWE. They try to go on the road. They lose money. They end up going back to the Impact Zone. Bound for Glory 2016 was almost their last night in, of existence, if you remember. If it wasn't for Matt and uh, Jeff. It, exactly. Uh, it was for Matt and Jeff. Yes. Um, well, if it wasn't for them, they'd be out of business by now. Exactly. So. Um, my, my, so going back to that, I think it's a no because there were a lot of people there in TNA during that time that had to experience this. You know, Okada and the Young Bucks being three of them that were really pushed to the side and really underutilized. And if you remember Bound for Glory 2010, the opener of that show was Generation Me versus the Motor City Machine Guns for the tag titles. That was match of the night. Easy. Or one of. But... Take your word for it. I wasn't watching TNA at that point. Right. I actually wasn't watching wrestling at that point. TNA was good at that point, but you kind of saw it going down because of the hirings of Hogan and Bischoff, and you saw all these Russo. other and Russo, and Cornette. you saw yeah, and you and all these past their prime wrestlers. I think that some of these past their prime wrestlers will be hired to help, but I don't think that the focus will be on them. I think it will be on the younger stars. Um, hence why Jericho is there, and you know that's why Jericho's main eventing against Hangman Page. That's why Jericho is main eventing against Hangman Page. And now there is a. Do I believe that Jericho might walk out of All Out the World Champion as of right now? Yes, I do. I believe that for a fact of to give them credibility going into the TV deal. Do I expect him to be the World Champion for a year and a half straight? No, I do not. I expect him to lose it rather quickly to Hangman Page. Um, but my point on that is Jericho even though he might be the world champion in September he is not the star of the show he is going to help that is why he is there is Jericho a past his prime wrestler absolutely not absolutely not I think he's in the twilight of his career but he's still relevant because of the type of character he is it's not like you have guys like Mick Foley and Ric Flair yes that's where TNA went down and Kevin Nash and X-Pac just like so badly out of shape and they're just putting on awful performances where to the point where it's embarrassing yes and I don't think that's what AEW wants. No, I think some of the, and I'm not saying these wrestlers in particular, but I think you'll start to see some of these older wrestlers, you know, be, you know, you look at a guy like Dustin Rhodes. Obviously, he was not going to be Cody Double or nothing, but he gave one hell of a performance. He's he, in hell of a shape, though, for 50 he, years old. Yes, it, but a lot of that focus was on the story and on Cody. 
and Cody ends up winning the match. They end up having a great tag match at Fight for the Fallen. I think you'll see some of those wrestlers, they will come in to sh shape up credibility, but they will not be the focus you like a, TNA tried You to need do. a good balance. Yes. You need a good balance of, of having your main event guys treated like big stars like Chris Jericho and even people who may not be familiar with the Bucks and, and Kenny and Cody Rhodes to, you know, make them feel like big deals at the same time build up these newer guys like Hangman Page and Kip Sabian and Joey Janela and MJF and all these guys and make them feel important. Mm. And I think that's something they, they learn from other people's past experiences and mistakes and I think they'll be just fine. Exactly. So why don't we go to that second question too, um, which is more of a kind of AEW slash WWE question. More on the WWE side more of things. More on the WWE side. So this is a good transition to what we're going to talk about next. This is from our good friend who listens every week, at least when we have a podcast release. Yeah. My good buddy, Joe. All right, Joe, go ahead. Hey, guys, congrats on the podcast. My question for you is, are live events really necessary in today's day and age? Fans have the WWE Network, and with AEW getting started, there's going to be more wrestling to watch now more than ever. And given the fact that these wrestlers have been complaining about how hard their schedule is between going to Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, media events, it seems like they would be happier if they also didn't have to worry about doing multiple live events every week. Oh, and also, could you guys explain why Goldust is objectively the greatest wrestler of all time? Thanks. Okay, go, okay goodbye. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, well, listen, we just talked about Dustin Rhodes' performance against... No, he's talking about Goldust, not Dustin oh, Rhodes. Oh, Goldust. Oh, well, okay then. Uh, well, <laughs> probably because he, you know, beats the crap out of Cody in every Royal Rumble match, uh, only to get thrown out four minutes later. I mean, he touches himself, he kicks people in the balls, you know. He still has a take for me to watch Cody in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> um... Ooh, stutter. <laughs> so, so the question was. So the question was it's, more. Along it's the lines more along. It's more on the WWE side of things. You know, should there be less live events? Absolutely, there should be less live events. I agree because you, the, the attendance speaks for itself. Number one. Yes. You, you, the thing is, is that yes, a lot of wrestlers have a lot of difficult schedules. Even NXT, for even though they only they they tape, <laughs> Jesus Christ, they tape episodes of. NXT three or four maybe five in a day it's a long day to work mm -hmm. and then but they're also going on the road as well it's not as as strenuous as the main roster WWE style uh, tour but you're still going out on the road and touring mm -hmm. so I think absolutely yes the I, I my thing is I don't think that live events should not be a thing I think you should still have live events because there are these towns where they may not have a capacity where they think they will draw a good TV audience mm -hmm. which is why WWE go to these towns like there's a there's a small arena in Wildwood in Jersey that has WWE live events um, and, and house shows they have one in Asbury Park too yes um, I went to an NXT house show in Asbury Park I'm sorry, no, Tom's River. Actually, they did win Asbury Park 2 as well. Yeah. NXT ones. But the point is, is that they are necessary because you can't just have TV shows every week. You do need to have some live events, but the live events do need to be limited, mm -hmm. especially on the WWE side. Because Tony Khan said that if we do have live events or house shows, they're not going to be like three or four every week, including TV. They're gonna feel important. They're gonna, f they're gonna, 
have big stars. It's not like we're going to have the bigger stars on one show or on one live event and then not so big stars on the other. We're going to make every show feel like it's important. And that's something WWE needs to do. They need to limit their house shows. Right. I absolutely agree with that. You know, when you look at a WWE house show, and I've been to a few of them, and they're, and they're nice, and but, you know, this is also, you know, years ago. and But, you know, certain house shows are different than others. Like, for example, they always have house shows in the garden every year. Those are the ones that are the big deals and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a Those necessity. Those ones, obviously, you can't. I don't know about a necessity, but it's something you do to at least have good business with a Right, but if, like you're, if you're putting maybe a thousand people in these big arenas on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't see the point in that when you're going to go back for TV Monday, you're gonna Tuesday. Lose mo- you're going to lose you're money. You're losing money off it. You might as well save some money do, and put your money into the bigger house shows. Like, again, when you go to the Garden or when you come to Jersey um, or, you know, Boston or, you know, Seattle, like these big – or not Seattle, not like a big market, but like Philadelphia. Say, those well, Seattle's a good wrestling town, too. Uh, okay, it's a good wrestling town. Big media market, not really, but a big wrestling town, yes. Toronto. Toronto, you know, anywhere in Canada, actually. Um so Vancouver, but yeah, I mean, Orlando. I think, I think, yeah, I think they should be focusing on Chicago. Those, yes, I think should be focusing on those house shows. Not Narnia, the, yes, uh, Narnia. I'm just rambling. Narnia, um, but yeah, focus on those house shows. The United Kingdom when they do the the, the UK tour, yeah. all that. Focus on those. You, you know, you know, is it really? A big deal if you don't have a house show in Seth Rollins' hometown. Like, is it really a big deal? <laughs> mm, not really. Exactly. So. But speaking of Seth Rollins, damn. He got killed. He got... The, <laughs> stop, stop. He's already dead. Good God. I, <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Brock's back. <laughs> I, I've got I've got something for Seth Rollins. And what do you got for Seth? He's a turn heel. Oh, really? Yes. Because the fans have turned on him. Yeah? They Yeah, they've turned on him. And I don't think that's necessarily Seth's fault. I think that's his booking. Maybe with Heyman in the control now, they can book him to become a good guy again. But it's all. But here's another thing: it's his booking, and it's also what he's been saying on his own in interviews. He said a lot of stuff in the past few weeks, even after this whole Osprey thing of putting his foot in his mouth. He said how John Moxley's in AEW now. That's great for him, and his, but he's competition. He's trying to take take food off my plate, dude. You have guaranteed money coming in every mm-hmm. single year. That was one of your best friends, and you're just coming off as a dick. Yeah, uh, I just uh, it's it's like every other day I hear something about Rollins that makes me like him less and less, yeah. and I d- don't want that because I truly think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And his piss poor booking of the universal ch- of his universal title run was pretty much Baron Corbin with one great match with AJ Styles. Yeah, so I think Brock should retain the title. I think he is going to retain the title. I think he will, too. I think Seth should move on to something else. He should tur- turn heel in the process. And I think down the line, WrestleMania, get Ricochet. And have Ricochet beat him for the title at Mania. The perfect David versus Goliath type of match. Yeah. And Heyman is huge on Ricochet. He's huge on Ricochet. I was going to say, Ricochet and AJ are gonna, about to tear the house down at SummerSlam. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Again, <laughs> might I add. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think Seth's character—it's—it's it's very similar when we talked about AJ turning heel and you know rejoining the club, who's now the OC. Yeah. Um, 
It's not that his see, but Seth has a, a worse case scenario because Seth's character is getting stale. Uh, it really is. I because AJ was getting there. It was start, not really, AJ starting. was starting to get stale. Right. You know, he just lost to Seth. Kind of like where does he go from here? He turns on. You know, he has a month off from an injury. He turns and on Ricochet wins the U.S. title. Perfect booking. Um, Seth, on the other hand is getting stale and it's showing and you can see it um so i truly believe in that case scenario yes maybe a heel turn is the right thing for him to go in the process obviously get through SummerSlam, try to get 20 to 25 minutes out of brock lesnar i think he personally can but brock will retain the title if he does that i think it was a good showing of brock being the crap out of him and trying to get him over as a babyface. but hearing the crowd just cheering Cheer for lesnar it's real. Like, well, where was Raw last night? I don't know. Do you remember? I don't know. I don't okay, know. Okay, because that could play into it. Anyway, you may continue. But I mean, even in Philly, they in the main event of Extreme Rules, oh, they, they were, cheered Lesnar's music. They cheered when he came out. They cheered when he won the title, and they were chanting, "We want Lesnar." Yeah, the whole night and during the main event. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, I would I would have paid anything beside to see besides that main event, which I really do feel bad for all four involved in that because it wasn't that bad, especially Becky and Seth. I really did feel bad for them. It was but, pretty bad. But and and again, you know, when you know we haven't really had a chance to to discuss that main event, and I real real quick, the booking of those last ten minutes I thought was very good. When you had Be- when you had Becky take the end of days, and you had Baron look at Seth going, "What are you gonna do about it, you piece of shit?" And you were like, "Oh, oh no!" And then proceed. Baron gets the crap kicked out of him, loses, and right then and there. But it was before- like the only thing that the crowd popped for was Baron hitting the end of days on Becky. Right. That's the only thing they popped for. But. And, I, and one of my friends at work uh, said it's the two guys who host the other podcast. They said it was perfect because Seth didn't even have, because Seth went right for Becky and all of a sudden Brock's music's hit. He, Brock took advantage of the emotional toll that Seth was feeling and won the title. That's, that was pretty good booking when you think about it that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I felt like if it ended with Brock, I mean, with Brock not cashing in, it probably would have made the show feel a lot worse. Which is, I thought that was also heavy influence on Paul Heyman. That Brock's I mean, I can't, believe, cash I, mean I can't believe I'm saying uh, that a Brock Lesnar cash in would be a good thing. But it was that night. It was. Unfortunately, I mean. It was. It's just how. I just don't understand how Seth and Becky. Well, more, more Becky losing so much steam and so much popularity that she had. I think she's starting to finally get it back. Seth, you know, that awesome opening segment. Well, not the awesome bless, but right after Heyman just starts walking out and says, we're doing this right now. And Seth and uh, Lesnar brawl. And then he wins the title in the opening match of Mania. Yeah. Lost our minds. I picked him in the predictions, but I didn't think he'd actually win. Well, the reason I didn't pick him in the predictions is because I never believed that they would do the three baby faces. They'd space them out that well. Like, we have one open the show, you have the other one in the middle, and then you had Becky in the end. Yeah. Never thought they would do that. The moment I knew they were doing it, I looked at you, I said, Seth's winning the title tonight. Oh, yeah. I was like, the, the only reason I thought he was going to lose, because I, I thought he was going you're not going to kick off WrestleMania right. with a heel victory. I thought he was going before Becky. That's why I thought he was going to lose. Uh, we but, all did. But, but, that, but then when I knew they were going first, which 
who to this day really knows whose influence that was because there are rumors that that Could was have been Heyman. Well, I heard there were rumors that there was an hour before because Brock threw a bitch fit. I heard those reports. I heard that it was Heyman's influence. I heard it was booked from the beginning. There were so many rumors on why that match went first. Uh, but who cares? It went well. It did, but now it's all gone to shit. Yes, it absolutely uh, has. I mean, I think after this, Rollins really should turn heel. Um, you kind of may have to turn a heel baby face in the process, but you need to... Never hurts he, to do a double turn if you do it right. He needs to have a change. Yeah. He needs to have a change. Lesnar needs to stay a heel because I really want that scenario of Ricochet and him at WrestleMania, which I don't know if that's the plan. Ricochet and Lesnar? Yes. Ricochet and Lesnar at, at Mania. Ricochet wins the Rumble and he beats Lesnar. So if you're, if you're talking about a heavy favorite to win the Royal Rumble right now, would you say it's Ricochet? With Heyman being so high on Ricochet, yes. Heyman's also very high on Strowman. Uh, but Strowman apparently had that little stare down with Maria when she was with the 24-7 title. Uh, guys in WrestleTalk apparently think it might be a uh, tease of her being his new manager. But I really don't see that happening. Interesting. I would love the image of Braun holding the 24-7 title and then everybody has to try and work together to get it <laughs> off of him. I think we're in for that. That would be great. I would say McIntyre for the Rumble, but I do believe he's going to face The Undertaker. Yeah, because I don't think he's facing him at SummerSlam. No. It's in two weeks. So. Which I'm glad that they're going to hold off on that because that is a WrestleMania-type match. And for McIntyre to get a win off Undertaker it at should Mania, be, it should be Taker's that last should match, propel him to be the world champion come 2020. You would think. We got a great segment with Miz, Ziggler, and Shawn Michaels last week. But apparently the Wrestling Observer says it's not going to be Ziggler versus Michaels. Or even Miz versus Ziggler with Michaels in his corner. Which actually is entertaining because of what they've been doing. But, but you may continue. But Goldberg? Are they going to do that with eight days to go? I don't understand how you can do that. I don't see how you could do that with how? four weeks. You got eight days to SummerSlam. I mean, at this point, I don't see it happening. I'm sorry. Excuse me. You got a week from Sunday to SummerSlam. My apologies. But still, you couldn't book this thing with four weeks before SummerSlam. You want to do it a week and a half before SummerSlam? I don't know. Oh, but my God. Getting back to Raw from last night, we had a great triple threat tag match. The, the club finally won the tag titles back, and they feel important. We've only been saying this for six and a half months. <laughs> Actually, we've been saying it since 2016. I mean, they, they won, won the, the Raw titles. Tag Titles. Looks like they're going to be feuding with the Usos and well, with the Usos and Raw. Who cares who they're, who they're feuding with? To be honest with you, because when you have AJ next to him as a champion as well, all is good in the world. The all OC have all the gold. They have all the gold. The only thing that's missing is the World Championship. But you know what? I don't think AJ needs the World Championship at the moment. He's going to no. get it, I think, if they keep the this faction up. needs to be dominant. Yes, and it needs to stay that way. Um, Big match with the New Day tonight, though. No, they canceled it. Oh, they did cancel it. It was supposed to be the club versus the New Day, but they canceled it to AJ and Kofi, which I don't get why. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. Okay. Um, at least that's what I read. I could be wrong. By the time we were done doing this, it's like, oh, no, they put it back on. Whatever. Um, I'm really loving this thing with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Oh, my God. I do love this. One of the best parts about Raw last night, no Shane McMahon, no Baron Corbin, and I'm pretty sure no Lacey Evans either. Yeah. Three of the worst things about the main roster, and they weren't there. Bravo, Paul. Bravo. Thank I you, I love it. I mean... Can we put Bobby Lashley through the, the stage again? The thing is... That, that was fun. <laughs> Shane can be there, but you 
don't make him the focus and your top heel. Get, yes. he, he can stay on SmackDown and he can do a few with Kevin Owens, which Kevin Owens says that if he loses to Shane at SummerSlam, he will leave. Which obviously he's not going. Which to. I know. They're gonna. He's gonna send him packing, right. and I'm excited to see where Kevin Owens moves forward because his promo work lately has been amazing. Well, I've heard that they haven't even been giving him a script. They've just been telling him to go out. Good, good. Which no. what they should be doing all of them. Well, if you can cut a promo on your own, you should be allowed. You to. should be allowed to. If you're not great at promo work, work work with someone. Work who's, with Paul and Eric. Work even with Eric Bischoff can help. Work with Paul Heyman with your promos, or work with somebody who is actually really good at promos to help work with you. Because if you give someone a live mic who's got awful promos, and if they shit the bed, well, then they shit the bed. Yeah. If you give someone like Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens bullet points said, get over your feud, hit these points right here, say what you want, don't curse, go. That's it. A guy like Kevin, oh, a guy like Kevin Owens and, and like Samoa Joe, they don't need a scripted prom. A scripted I promo. remember, you know, you just going off Samoa Joe. I remember months ago before the Elimination Chamber when he cut a promo on everybody in the chamber, and he literally told Jeff Hardy, "Why don't you pretend this is an AA meeting and you shut up while I'm talking?" <laughs> I love Samojo so much. And I'm like, and to your point, I'm like, yes, if you are able to cut a promo, say, this is what I want, get your feud over, don't curse, have fun. That's it. That's what you should That's be you doing. That's really all you need. And again, give the lower tier guys if they don't know how, or just guys who don't give really know. Give some lessons. Yeah. Work with Heyman. Yeah. Uh, he may have, he may be a little more busy, but again, get someone like Heyman to work on your promo work. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. Hey, Heyman, is it going to take a few minutes out of his day to help a younger guy with a promo? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that I think the, that that brawl we had with um, at the end with Usos, Roman, Cedric Alexander, then McIntyre, then the club show up, and then uh, Samoa Joe. Like that was a great brawl, and C Cedric Alexander actually looking awesome at the end of Raw instead of an idiot. Could you could you imagine a few months ago after the Superstar shakeup, Cedric Alexander to Raw? Could we take him seriously? I would have thought a million and a half, absolutely not. But they're actually using him well. Everybody, what I love is that everybody in this episode of Raw felt important. Everybody. Yeah. Even if, like, they're getting beat up like Seth. Seth felt important to a certain degree. Brock felt important. Roman, Drew, McIntyre, the Usos, Gals and Anderson. Like, even the the moment of Bliss segment wasn't that great, but Bliss felt important. Cross, Natalia, Becky. Like, they showed the clip of Natty trying to counter the disarm her from Fit Finley. And then Becky came in and beat the crap out of Natty. And she goes to Fit Finley. She's like, you're a traitor. You're a traitor. Like, because <laughs> they're both Irish. Um, but, you know, you had all these layers of story where Becky faced Alexa. And then she faked a leg injury. And then Nikki came in. And then she beat Nikki. And then they both attacked her afterwards. Natty came in and hit the sharpshooter on her afterwards. With their ma with their beatdown, but the thing is, you added layers of story for potential feuds. With a potential feud between Cross and Becky, with a potential feud between Bliss and Becky, you know, and because last night's Raw made the women division feel more important than it has in mm -hmm. months since before Mania with Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte. Yep. It felt that important again, even when even in a time when Charlotte is not even being positioned 
as the top woman in WWE right now. Well, that's a good transition to what's coming on SmackDown. It's about 45 minutes. Uh, Charlotte cutting a promo last week saying uh, she's going to face the, what's it, the best woman? Is that what she said? Trish Stratus is set to be on SmackDown tonight. Well, the, uh, the Wrestling Observer said that they want Trish Stratus at a match at SummerSlam and Obviously, it's going to be Charlotte. It seems like that's what we're getting at SummerSlam is in Toronto, her hometown. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we are going to get Charlotte. We're getting Trish a uh, at Jerry the King Lawler segment with Trish and my God, that'd be a hell of a match. Trish and Charlotte. I think we're getting it. I really do. Because I mean, at, first, at first, I thought we were going to get a triple threat for the women's title, which again, I've, I've seen many of those. I was not that interested I want, in it. I want just Ember Moon and Bailey. But after Charlotte's promo, and she didn't allude to who she was talking about, but the first person I thought of was Trish Stratus. Of course. I was like, Trish we're going to get Charlotte was, and Trish. Trish was arguably the best female wrestler of all time. Well, time. when you think about oh, it, who point. has more world title victories than Trish Stratus? Charlotte Flair. That's it. I think Charlotte's the greatest female wrestler ever, bar none. Yep, so you have the the two best women's champions in history go one-on-one for the first and last time ever. Who I think the best, maybe the best female wrestler in the world right now is? I think that's Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. But my point is in the WWE, you get the two best world champions in women's history going one-on-one at SummerSlam in Trish's hometown at SummerSlam. I mean, hey, I would would love a proper Trish Stratus return up until Mania, similar to a Goldberg thing, not where she like you know, all all of her matches are less than a Kenny o, Kenny Okada match. Right. But, um, but I would love to see a proper return for Trish and have a big match at Mania. Maybe Becky and Trish. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Trish and Ronda. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, but not in WrestleMania. Well, you know, yeah, I I thought you brought up a great point. Um. A few weeks ago about the Raw reunion about Ronda coming back to face Becky at SummerSlam. I think think would have been interesting. I think it would have been, but maybe Ronda can come out after SummerSlam. Maybe that can happen. Yeah. I don't know. Ever think of possibly Ronda screwing Becky out of the title? Because Natalia and Ronda are friends. Natalia seems like she's coming off more as a heel. Excuse me. That's true. You could see that. You could see Ronda come in and help Natty because they are friends. I don't know if they do that, though. I really don't. It would be interesting, though, to kind of see that happen. I mean, Natty was a transitional champion a few years ago for Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's a nice transitional champion. That was a nice four-month transition. It wasn't four months, was it? I thought it was two. She won it at SummerSlam. And then she dropped she it. She dropped like, it before Survivor. Okay, three and a half. She dropped it right before Survivor Series. Essentially. So about three and a half months. Yeah. Long transition. Okay, well. Anyway, but I get your, I get your point. But it would be interesting to see that because they are friends. Ronda and Becky are nowhere near done with one another. You know that. No, they're not. Not the way that Mania match ended. They're not done yet. It's just a matter of when Ronda's going to decide to come back and continue this. Whether it is at SummerSlam, whether it is six months from now, if they are going to do Mania again. Um, but they're not done yet. Pe- speaking of people who aren't done, Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. Oh, my God. I have been waiting close to 10 years for this rematch because they did have a match back in 2009 where Kofi mm-hmm. did go over at Armageddon. I loved the promo they did. The promo was Kofi, good because... Kofi saying that you stopped me. I was on fire. That's exactly what happened. You stopped me from... And Randy's like, you weren't ready for, for that for that spotlight yet and you're still not ready for it now. Yep. I'm taking that title away from you. Well, did you see what uh, he tweeted? 
Kofi or Randy? So, Co- so Kofi and Randy went on a Twitter exchange, and we'll get back to the segment in a second, where Kofi basically said, after a decade, the truth has come out. I've been waiting for this match for a long time. I'm ready. Hashtag SummerSlam. Let's go. Whatever. And Randy goes, you know, you celebrate with pancakes and confetti or whatever. It's going to be really a shame when I take it all away from you in three seconds. And I'm just like, I know it's not going to main event, but damn it, it really should it be. It really should. It really, it really should. should be. And if they are going to continue this feud in the Hell in a Cell, it better be the main event then. I think so, because if you're not going to have Brock at Hell in a Cell, it should be Kofi and Randy. Yes, and I think they are going to continue the feud, and, and they should Rand- put them in the cell. And Randy feels like an actual threat to Kofi's title. Oh, I think this is I think this is where the threat's going to I think this is where the title reign's going to end. Really? Yep. Not at SummerSlam, but I think this does end with in Hell Randy. in a Cell. With, with Randy. Randy winning in the Cell. Yes. Oh, wow. um, because this has such a personal feel to it. Because everything that they said Tuesday night was true. All of that actually happened. If you remember that triple threat number one contenders match 10 years ago, where I forgot, what, I forgot what spot it was, but Kofi botched it. And then Randy hit the RKO and just screamed, stupid. 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 And Red Randy Orton used his influence to end Kofi's push. All of that took place. All that's and true. They, and they all, it came all out on the air on Tuesday, and, and Randy Orton admitted it. He said, you're damn right I did. He said, you're not ready, and I'm taking it from you. Like, when you think about, and honestly, I don't know if I said it to you or if I said it to Stiggy or whatever, but I said, the one person I want to see Kofi feud with for this championship is Randy Orton. Probably Stiggy. Probably Stiggy, because I remember him asking why, and I said, there's such a personal history between these two that took place 10 years ago. It would only be fitting for if, however long this reign is going to be, because I do believe that there... It's going on a lot longer than I thought A lot longer than I thought, and there's still part of me that believes this will be the only one he has. But before it's over, I want a match with Randy Orton. Because these two are... It's similar to Cody and and Dustin. They are going to tell a story at SummerSlam. It's not going to be the best match of the night. Well, maybe it will be. But it could you, be. It could be. It could but be. you're not expecting it to be off the off the top, right? But you are expecting them to tell a personal story. And I, that's exactly what you're getting at SummerSlam. I think the thing is with, with uh, Randy and Kofi, is with, with Randy Gorton, he gets a lot of criticism for being bored in his feuds. But when he sinks his teeth into something and he actually is enjoying what he's doing, he puts on really great stuff. Yep. Like... I was really invested in his feud with Jeff last year. It's a feud we've seen before, but but this one specifically, he was it was different. Really invested in it, and he was having a great time. And he was sadistic his, and all that. His and feud, and what his they do, feud they with put AJ, him in a cell. his feud with AJ, his feud with Seth a few years ago. Right, but when you talked about his feud with Jeff, you know, at first it kind of didn't seem as important, but it went to those two being put inside hell in a cell. Which I loved, but, which I absolutely, and the match was great, might I add, and the ending was great. Um, <laughs> But I really do believe that, you know, you might get a, a twisted ending at SummerSlam to the point where you might see that sadistic 2009 Randy Orton come out on Kofi <laughs> and they put them in the main event of Hell in a Cell. Hey, I'd love it. I would absolutely love it. And I, I really it. believe that's where this feud is heading. But going into SummerSlam again, this is a personal story, a real story. It's finally going to culminate 10 years later. And I've been waiting for this match for a long time. And I've always said that if Kofi was ever the world champion, he should feud with Randy Orton. And honestly, we are getting the continuation of a feud that started when we were kids. Yeah, Imagine years. that. 10 years later. 10 years later, we're getting the finale of this feud. 
Because Randy Orton probably doesn't have many years left. His contract is up next year. He's in his late 30s. He's going to be 40 soon, but he can still go. He could still go, but I'm not saying he's going another 10 years. I mean, this is probably the last chance we're going to get to see this rivalry take place. Um, so I believe now is the best time to do it. There really isn't anybody else that's, I shouldn't say credible, but there's not really anybody else you could think of that... Is no one that feels important. No one else feels important to challenge Kofi. And Dolph I didn't feel important. Kevin Owens. I'm Joe, like, you knew was going to lose, and I feel so bad for Joe. Joe oh, was the God. one guy who I'm just like he could do it, but I knew he wasn't going. to. I knew he wasn't going to. I so, wanted him to so badly. And I remember when Kofi called out Randy Orton, and I said, "Finally, we're going to get this match again." And you know, you remember young Kofi Kingston? That match was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to elevate Kofi to the next level, and unfortunately, it never did. And Randy Orton had a heavy influence on making sure that that was the case. So now we're gonna get the personal, you know, redemption. Because really, Kofi walks in as a champion, but this is all about redemption for Kofi Kingston. He they, wants. They could play that in the story and commentary. Is like, is redemption, is revenge too big, is too focused on the mind of, of Kofi Kingston? Where Randy Orton is just trying to focus on taking the title. Yep. He's inside Kofi's head. Right. To Kofi, this is more of a personal story than it is to Randy Orton. Randy's Which, just trying to take the title. It's the most personal story since his since he started feuding with Brian. Yes. Because honestly, you, ha- you have two different perspectives here in the minds of both of them. For Randy Orton, he's trying to win his 14th world title. To Kofi, he's trying to prove to the one person that r- didn't believe in him the most that he is the real deal. That's what this story is. And... I think you'll get the win from Kofi at SummerSlam, and we'll set up the big match at Hell in a Cell. I love it. I absolutely love it. You RKO spent, you, off the cell. Just, no, no. Maybe Dude, I'm on top. Maybe I'm on top of the you'll cell. You'll probably get an RKO on the top of the cell. But no, please don't. Not from the cell. You're gonna kill them both. <laughs> oh man. Oh, amazing. But yeah, I'm absolutely in love with this feud. I can't wait to see where it goes. I think Me it's too. the best thing going on SmackDown right now. I would say so for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, um, do we wrap it up here? Well, we got NXT to talk about too. Oh, I, yeah, my, right. my brain froze for a minute, but we were going to touch well, on NXT. I'll t- touch on that a little bit. So Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano are going to have another two out of three falls match at Takeover. It's getting a little wacky right it's now. Getting, uh, it's, 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 anybody want to knock on Triple H's door see if he's still there? I think. <laughs> Hello, they'll pull, anybody home? They'll be fine. They'll pull it off. Uh, they'll but, they'll so, pull off a great one, but so, it's so like, what it is is that it's basically three stages of hell. It's match. a two out of three falls match where each fall has a stipulation. Johnny Gargano got to pick the first fall, and Adam Cole got to pick the second fall. Gargano picked a street fight because he wants to be the ever-living crap out of Cole. Cole wants says, I don't need a street fight to prove that I'm better than you. I'm going to prove that I'm better than you in, a, in just a straight-up wrestling match. If the match goes to a third fall... And it will. William Regal will announce where it is. They have yet to announce it, but... I think they're going to wait till TakeOver to do it. I think they absolutely should wait till TakeOver to do it. Because here's the thing, and I feel Johnny Gargano hasn't realized, you know, what he did. Because he, what he did was he basically just set himself up for a four-on-one beatdown in the first fall. Yeah, I can see that. So Cole will probably take the first fall. Have era in Gargano will win the second fall in the straight-up wrestling match. And then you have the anticipation of William Regal announcing what's the third fall. It's got to be something big. Could be a stretcher match. Could be a ladder match. I don't think it'll be a cage or a hell in a cell because you could see it. I don't think it'll be a stretcher or a ladder either because you got to put the title on top of the... the, Well, you could do it right then and there. They've done that before. 
That take the take, title, put it up. Well, it gives them, I, t- gives them a five-minute break. I mean, I think at that point, you'll probably be hitting the 45-minute mark. I guess so. You could probably do that, and maybe the 60-minute mark. So maybe they do that. Looking but in at, your mind, what do you think the third fall might be? I have no idea what the third fall could be. I re- honestly, I never thought of... Candice LeRae on a pole match? I mean, please, God, no. <laughs> I mean, two out of three falls match is a gimmick, gimmick match in itself. So why would you... I, I don't know. I have to it's, wait. Again, it's basically three stages of hell. Pretty much. Might we'll, as well be. We'll see what happens when Toronto comes around. Because I I, mean, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of options they could pick for the third fall. There really is. Submission. Tables. Submission, tables, last man standing. Last man standing would be good. Last man standing would be great. That would that that would be the official end of the rivalry. The last man standing match. There's a Who lot do you think needs it more? Cole or Gargano? It's a good question. Cause I think Gargano. I'm sorry. I think Cole needs it more. I think I. I think it's it's close, but I think it's Cole. I think I think I think it's as close as we've seen this round. Because Gargano is, for more. the past few years now has been having these amazing takeover matches, whether he was singles or when he was teaming with Champa. And he's established as an amazing wrestler. I think not, it's not time that Cole is not an amazing wrestler because he is. You know what I think? I think it's time for Gargano to go up. No. No. Well, I no. think that's what they're doing. Well, I don't want that. Well, I, you're not the right. I don't, I don't want Gargano to leave NXT. But, but here's the thing. If he loses, what's next? What happens if he loses? He feuds with Velveteen Dream or Pete Dunne or Roderick Strong. You're going to turn him heel again? <laughs> no. Just don't. I just. Oh, my God. Well, with, with Heyman and Bischoff, I'm a little more okay with it. I, if I'm saying right now, I'd want Heyman, I want Gargano to go to Raw because Heyman's there. Yeah. I think Heyman. You trust can, Heyman more than Bischoff. Yeah, well, Bischoff hasn't really been on SmackDown lately to to show what he's been doing. I mean, I think there's been hints and pieces of Bischoff there. We're not even sure, but I think right now. Mm, well, I, I don't know. I just don't want him to leave right now. But anyway, I, I bet again. I mean, if he loses, I, I don't see what's left for him to do. Now, if he wins the championship, then I guess this rivalry continues. Which it, party it doesn't either, want it? It either to. continues or Champa. Apparently, Champa could be coming back in August. <laughs> Excuse me. Apparently, he could he could be cleared by then. Well, be considering Champ is basically a babyface, I think it's all the reason more for Cole to go over. True. And feud with Champa heading into uh, to Survivor Series weekend. Yeah, I would. Um, it is. Or, it's, it's interesting. Or have Cole go over to NXT UK. Really bring more eyes to that product. Because as great of wrestlers there are over there, like Walter and Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin. Have Tony, the whole era Tony, go over? I said Gargano. Go oh, Gargano. There. I thought you said Cole. Did I say Cole? You might have. I meant Gargano. Gar- is it Gargano? That would make sense. Gargano to NXT UK. For a little bit. I mean, Pete Dunne's going to be in NXT, proper NXT for a while now. I'm going to do a little trade. Okay. Um, the th- NXT UK Superstar Shakeup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and speaking of Dunn, I'm super excited for that triple threat match. Oh, that's going to be fun. I kind of want Pete Dunn to win, but at the same time, I want Strong to win because I want that image of everybody from ERA holding the championships. I want it. But well, Are they the tag champs right now? No, the Street Profits. Street Profits. Oh, Street Profits. Are, that's right. Fish and O'Reilly are facing them. I haven't, I haven't been keeping up on my NXT. I apologize. Um... And, uh, but that, that's another reason I think we are going to get that image at Toronto. I think we are getting that image of all four of them being the champions. True. 
So it, again, I mean, when you when you talk about which one deserve, which one needs it more, it's very close. But I think it's Cole because you're not going to set up this big year for the undisputed era if he loses. You know, in Toronto, He's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to have a one hell of a two out of three falls match. But I think for Gargano, if he loses, he's either going up or, like you said, a possible trip to the UK. But I think that's what we're heading towards. I don't see there being another reason for Gargano to stay there if he loses this match, and I think he is going to lose this match. Yeah, probably. Most likely he will. I, I just, I'm just, i worried about his main roster booking, but with Heyman there and Bischoff, I'm more okay with it. Right. You know, because how many times have we seen NXT call-ups go up and just be botched? But it's also, it's different now. Now that Heyman and Bischoff are in charge, and Heyman has shown his influence on Raw. I also think that NXT call-ups, the thing, shouldn't happen just because of, like, oh, it's SummerSlam weekend. No, 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 I'm I'm not saying that. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they shouldn't be that way. No, they they shouldn't. I think when they come up, it should feel important. Right, but that's what I'm saying with Gargano. Forget the fact that it's SummerSlam weekend. I just don't think there's anything left for him to do. Yeah, I think it's just time to go up. Because could you imagine if let, let, let's say even if it is SummerSlam, let, let's say AJ Styles retains against Ricochet, and AJ holds an open challenge, and Gargano answers the call. How awesome would that be? Imagine this match. Imagine a, a because you're not gonna have Raw SmackDown Survivor Series. You can't now. Not at this point. No. Imagine a five on five with like the OC. Oh my God, an era. An era possibly like a with few Balor, of the era. With Balor, team with Balor on there because I think Balor's eventually gonna turn heel and join the OC. But imagine versus Gargano, Ricochet, um, I'm trying to think of names here, you know, I, Rollins, you know. Um, Ray. Ray, imagine that. Um, but you just, for example, right? Imagine that type of match. I mean, I would love to see Era versus the club in a in a five on five, uh, four on four on four tag match. Yeah, that would just be so awesome. Imagine a type of match like that. Like that's something that I think that could be an interesting thing. And with Gargano on Raw, um, uh, I'm definitely gonna try and see Takeover when I'm away. Yeah, I'm just realizing now that I'm gonna be away for SummerSlam weekend. I don't know. I'm going to be in the process of moving, so you're in a better spot than I am. We'll talk about those those that situation after we're done with this. Yes. <laughs> so with that being said, well, before that, did Vince Russo block you on Twitter yet? Uh, no, and I've given up. Okay. I right. really just, I don't. Bro, bro. I'm probably just going to bro- block him. <laughs> So this whole thing is going to end with CJ giving up and blocking Vince Russo himself. Option number three, baby. Option C. You blocked Vince Russo. (laughs) Plot twist, bro. I blocked you because you're ignoring me, so I'm going to block you. Sounds so 2019, baby. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. We will be back next week. We will preview SummerSlam. We do take over. Take over. We do have a few interesting podcasts coming out in the next couple of weeks too. We've realized that with Sean and my schedules not locking up for whatever reason. Sean, I will say this, but I'm going to put him over here for a second. He works hard, everybody. He works Aww. He works very hard, and sometimes he is working very, very long days, sometimes 24, 25 hours. Yes, I said 25. He, that's what he's told me sometimes. Sometimes so, 50. I did that once. So sometimes, you know, he may be feeling well, or it's just schedules don't lock up. He's working really hard. He's trying to make a name for himself. So I brought the idea to his attention a couple weeks ago. Let's have some episodes recorded in the can. Going to try and see if we can get at least one in right now yeah. after we're done with this. Um, so when the times when we don't have something, we will put it out. And even we'll try to put one of these out and 
uh, a regular episode in the same week. You never know. But at least we have something out for you guys so we're not, like, falling behind. Right. That's one thing we don't want to do. Absolutely. So, and, you know, again, we'll talk about my situation with moving in a few weeks. Um, but we will be back next week. We will preview SummerSlam. We'll preview TakeOver. We'll get all of that done next week. It's going to be an interesting. You, you know what it also it is? It's an, doesn't it feel early for SummerSlam? It really does, doesn't it? August 11th? Like, it's so soon. Are they trying to make Hell and, Hell and Cell feel important? Maybe they didn't want to do it the weekend before uh, All Excuse me, All Out. Because is it usually like towards like the middle? It's usually the third week of August. We're talking about the second week of August that they're doing this. That's crazy. I mean, I know they were locked in with the Barclays Center for five years for that weekend every year, but normally it's that weekend every year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, it seems very early this year. But hey, we'll take it. It's wrestling for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it gives us more time to focus on All Out. We'll talk about that next week as well. Um, we will do our best to get that prediction show out there in time. I firmly believe we will be able to do it. Yep. Uh, no promises, but I will be firmly... I firmly believe we will get the opportunity to do that. Cut Sean some slack the next couple weeks because he's moving. Yes. He's got a big move coming. Big move. Big move. In indeed. Um, so we'll talk more next week. Indeed. For Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. See you next time.